0: Now that we've shut down the Patreon and we're no longer putting out new episodes over there, we wanted to put some of the old episodes out here on the free feed. But due to how old some of them are, we wanted to provide a little bit of context before each episode. So this episode was recorded on May 13th, 2021. And John and I were considering building public stores to show listeners of the podcast since that day. John convinced me to come on board and build Dropship Breakthrough with him. And so we scratched that... Idea. I pulled out that part of the podcast at the end because it's irrelevant, but you'll still get all one hour of us talking about tools and books and other things that have to do with high ticket drop shipping. So I hope you enjoy this episode from May 13th, 2021 titled Tools, Books and Decision Day. Hey, welcome back! Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, pumped to put this one out. We're going to talk about Shopify and e-commerce tools. What, what what do we love? Why? What's the minimum you need? Some books we recommend, and then John and I have officially uh, chosen our markets, niches, niches, whatever you want to call it. Um, we'll kind of talk about that today.
1: Nothing like a good tool, is there?
0: People people love tools. Tools. It's everyone talks about tools all the time. Everybody, I think I think everybody kind of wants that magic button right that's gonna make i don't yeah. know there's so many apps there's so many tools there's so much out there and and i don't think you really need a whole lot but man some of them sure are fun
1: yeah yeah it's 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 those kind it's it's i think that's where a lot of us get our uh, shiny object fix from right um you know new tool comes out oh i want to give it a go play around with it you know see what it can do um but i think for me i try to focus on these things a lot less um because don't get me wrong there's a bunch that are really helpful and they you know they give you some some good boosts but i think it's i think you're right i think a lot of people fall into the trap of saying oh i need a tool and it's a tool that's going to fix my marketing and so they focus more on what tools do i need to use what apps do i need what what like i got asked the question the other day what tools do you use to increase your conversion rate and i said none i write good copy i do good marketing and and that's that's what i like to focus on but
0: nevertheless there are there are tools i like that i use and we can talk about that well why don't we start with like just you know quickly zip through here's all the apps on a store that like like get us to the baseline and then like is there you know is there a few apps that stand out to you that you know Perhaps make your marketing better, uh, or like, like really put you over the top. Because when I think tools, personally, I'm, you know, I've been in the research phase here for quite a while, and so I tend to think research things. And so I could go off on some of the tools I use to to research for SEO and traffic and things like that. Uh, but I'm not sure where we want to go with this question, if I'm honest.
1: Well, yeah. Look, I mean, there's for me, it kind of breaks into two categories. Of course, we're using Shopify and and. pretty much all of our listeners are using Shopify as well, if not all of them. So you have, I think, tools that are Shopify apps that kind of exist on that Shopify app ecosystem. You know, there's an app that you install into your store and it it does something for you in there. And I think there's certainly a baseline of those that you'll use, that everyone uses. And uh, so we can cover those off. But then you have other tools, um, like you said, that you might use for research purposes or... Other marketing purposes that are like you know they're online software you know they're not part of the shopify ecosystem you might be able to use them with shopify they might integrate with shopify but they're sort of separate um and uh, that's probably more where my favorite tools lie in that in that grand scheme of things um when it comes to shopify i mean my approach is always to use as few apps as possible because you know particularly apps that 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 run on the front end of your site uh, as you know too many of those makes a slow website so often my preference is to if possible is to get things hard-coded into a site rather than using an app to you know insert something or something like that but anyway nevertheless i think there's a baseline there's a baseline uh number of apps that we're probably going to use on pretty much every shopify
0: store so we can run through those real quick if you like yeah, I think knocking them out of the way, right? Like utilizing yeah. something to send your products to Google Merchant Center. Uh, utilizing uh, the JSON-LD app, I think is something both of us recommend. And, and I certainly have it on all of my stores. Klaviyo, it, there's 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 a bunch of real basic ones here, John. And uh, I, I would imagine you outline a bunch of these in your course as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, there certainly is a baseline. So, I mean, if, if I look at, you know, the ones that I'm putting on every site, um, and I'll give you my versions of these. If you use a different one, let me know. Um, but certainly, yeah, you're going to need an app to submit a feed, a product feed to a Google Merchant Center, Bing Merchant Center uh, and Facebook, Facebook catalog, product catalog for retargeting ads if you want to use them there. Uh, so uh, I use the, uh, the name changes every now and then. I think currently it's Feeds for Google Shopping app by Symprosis Info Media um i've been using that one for quite some time uh for that purpose and i've even used some of the more expensive feed services that are off shopify um like feedonomics and uh a few other ones and actually they're no better they cost a lot more i don't think they're much better for the purposes of a high ticket dropshipping store so i've always gone back to that app for that purpose um we're gonna have what else we're gonna have we're gonna have an online chat app right you know you want to give your customers the ability to online chat with you and once again i've tried a lot of different ones in this space but for for most uh, and and particularly for people who are getting started which is you know a lot of the people i talk to i would recommend they use a little app called talk2 talk.2 which is t a w k . t o um and the reason i like that one is actually one it's extremely cheap and free but it's actually, and I've tested most of them, it's the fastest chat app from a page speed perspective on the Shopify App Store, which for me is a big win and it's got the other functionality that you need. There are a few other apps out there that, uh, that, that, that provide that function that I might use on a much larger business because they add in some extra functionality, but they come at a significantly higher cost and so, for most people, I don't think they're necessary. What do you What do you use for online chat,
0: Benny? Yeah, so I've used talk.to. I've used is Tidio. Is Tidio sound right? Um, I've used a yep. few in the past. I think one that I'm researching pretty heavily right now, based on some recommendations from uh, you know Bill D'Alessandro and some other people I look up to, is is gorgeous. Um, yep. But uh, you know, yep. you're going to need a higher amount of tickets coming in for that to make sense. I think. I think it just brings a lot together, though. Like you can tie in everything into gorgeous and and you know beyond that i've i've piecemealed uh stores together using a bunch of different products and so uh, i like the idea of not having 14 different products to handle your chat and your phones and your emails and your crm and all that stuff and so i don't know whether this is going to work or not i know a lot of people using it um so i'm 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 excited to dig deeper into gorgeous and see if it'll work
1: Yeah, Gorgeous is great. Um, I've worked on a bunch of stores that do use it, but like you say, um, it's more expensive. uh, And to get the full benefit from it, you do need a lot of action going on, right, for it to really make sense. And so that's sort of a step up that you might, I would say you don't need to worry about something like that necessarily until you're doing at least over a million dollars a year in revenue on a high ticket site to get the sort of volume happening that it would actually make sense for you. Um, or that it's even necessary Um, you would have to be over that mark for me Um, below that mark you know talk to is fine video i used to use that's actually the slowest online chat app Um, so while it's a good app avoid it if you're listening or if you're using it get off that it's slowing your page down Um, so that's online chat Uh, i'm going to use an app for reviews uh, so obviously we want to be able to collect the base the base level of reviews from customers and display them on your site so at the moment once again there's there's a few different options here that aren't bad but i personally at the moment are using stamped.io um you know there are other good ones out there judge.me is not too bad um and once again there, there are some more expensive options there that get significantly more expensive but
0: stamp.io is my favorite currently how about you, Ben? Yeah, it's the only one I use. Uh, it has more capability than Judge. So everybody's yeah. kind of looking for cost savings, and I don't blame you for that. But they were able to bring stuff into their ecosystem that we requested. So one one would be uh, you know, obviously having schema stars on your products makes your products jump off the – uh, Google search engine results page. If you could do that for your collection pages, which I highly recommend you you rank those, uh, if you could add stars there, it's going to increase your click-through rate, which is going to move your collection page up and garner you more traffic. And so they actually like built that in, being able to pull only stars from all the products in, in that particular brand and, and and assign it to a collection page. Uh, other things they can do is like uh, allow you to create review pages for specific brands, um, which I use as far as cluster content and just really anything that we asked of them. Like, here's an idea of like something we think we can uh, utilize to help uh, increase our SEO efforts. They were like all for it and they were, you know, more than happy to develop it uh, for us, uh, just a couple of years ago. And so I'm uh, they're the only ones I wanna work with just due to their receptiveness and their innovation.
1: Yep, yep. And I think also there are things like uh, integrating review stars with Google Shopping works a bit better than some of the other ones as well, um, which I've found, but yeah, that's, I think they're the best one to use at the moment um, for, you know, for the, for the amount of money that that, that service costs you anyway, it's, it's by far the best um what's next what else are we using so uh, i guess it's kind of on and off shopify but you do need a connection so i'm going to be putting in an app to connect up an email autoresponder or an email software um you know for me there's two main ones that people are using klaviyo or drip uh i personally these days use drip i use klaviyo for many years but i don't use them anymore i only use drip now for shopify sites um Neither of those are actually my favorite email autoresponder, but my favorite email autoresponder doesn't have a strong integration with Shopify at this point, so I can't use it. Um, But uh, I use Drip.
0: What do you use, Ben? Yeah, I've only used Klaviyo to this point. Uh, Never actually looked into Drip, so I don't know their capabilities, but we've tried to use ConvertKit in the past. Um, Really just trying to save money trying other platforms, Uh, but they, they just don't have the... I don't even know if this is a word segmentability, uh, that Klaviyo had, like clavio is designed for e-commerce, uh, and you're able to do a lot of cool things and they're well beyond even my scope of knowing what you could do. And so, um, while it, you know, again, on paper, it looks expensive. If you're doing email marketing, right. It's not expensive at all.
1: Yeah, totally. Oh, look, and, and Klaviyo was built for Shopify as well. I mean, that's, that's originally when Klaviyo first came out, which I can actually remember. um, they were. It was only a Shopify tool, and they've they've obviously added now integrations with other other platforms like, uh Big Commerce and Magento and stuff like that. But it was originally just Shopify and just e-commerce, as you said. Uh, and so that that's a really great thing um, for me. The the choice between the two, um, is largely a personal one. So I like the way that Drip works better and the way you can build flows and things like that. Um, it's close. It, it works a lot more like um, some of the really big email tools that you don't tend to use with shopify which i quite like um and i also don't like some of klaviyo's business practices so that was a personal thing for me um uh, deliverability went down in my view uh, in recent years so um probably because they uh they got swamped with aliexpress dropshippers who screwed up their deliverability
0: but you know that's just my personal theory so, like, this is where we can, like, tangent into cooler <laughs> cooler things, right? So, like, it, people are probably wondering, what do you do about deliverability or why does that matter? And, like, well, I wonder what I have currently, right? And so, like, an, another tool that, like, comes to mind right there is Glock Apps. Um, you can send... An email to your list, as well as to some Glock apps addresses that will tell you your open rate and your deliverability. Are you hitting the promotions tab? Are you like you can you can find out your deliverability? And I do know some people. Uh, Mike Jackness comes to mind who um, pressured Clavio into like. Why are my numbers doing this? And they did get it turned around. They, they I don't know whether they moved him, and, and I'm not technical at all. Did they move him to a new IP address or like a send from address or, uh, you know, ungroup him from the bundle or or whatever they did? But he was able to successfully overcome uh, some of the deliverability issues that, you know, have arisen over the last few years with Klaviyo.
1: Yeah, and just if anybody hasn't heard of that Glock Apps one, it's GlockApps.com. Uh, you can get in there and have a look at it uh yeah i mean that's that's i mean that's the thing with the email autoresponders downside is of course they all use shared ip addresses and um you know if someone kicks up a stink they can just move them onto their own ip address without even telling them so it looks better but it's not necessarily better for everybody else um so it's it's a bit it's always a bit of a tricky one i mean obviously if you're if you're a big business with these with these providers you get your own ip when you go into like an enterprise plan but uh for most of us that's um we're not getting to that stage, particularly with high ticket, because you don't get the volume, um, <clears throat> the same volume that you do with other e-commerce businesses. But uh, yeah. So that's that's email covered off. Um, what other apps
0: are we using as a baseline on Shopify? What else do we need, Ben? Uh, like baseline, I, I'm not sure you need really any bit more than what you just mentioned one one I will say I put on every single store is rewind um it's basically free or it's like a buck uh if you have a rogue employee that deletes something you can get it back which is nice (laughs) um and so I would definitely say put rewind on your store but beyond that like there's there's a lot of like rant I kind of want to hear some like three four five cool ones that not are like aren't often mentioned that you use john because i i have a few i think uh, at least on my pet store or or ones that i would use definitely uh on a high ticket store that i think are are unique i would say
1: yeah yeah i think those are the baseline past that i, I mean you know unless i i have a specific need like as in I'm, I'm i'm working on a in a market that you know just due to the nature of the of the products or um something like that uh you know, I, I need to provide some sort of functionality on the site for, for customers. I mean, there might be other apps that you add in for that, but that, that's kind of the baseline. I think the one, the only one we didn't mention, you mentioned the JSON-LD app before um, to get your schema markup sorted. That's certainly for that. That's that's one that I use. Um, I think it's about 300 bucks at the moment to get that in, but that's a lifetime cost. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it's definitely worth it. Another one that I've found uh, more recently that i do use um is uh called avada seo suite a v a d a um which is uh, a lot cheaper uh, and it does 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 that a, a good job of the schema stuff plus a few other uh, little seo bits and pieces um so if, if people don't want the JSON LD app check that one out that would be my recommendation
0: yeah i'm just looking this up I, look I, i'm a big believer in what JSON LD is doing the guy keeps it updated uh my yeah. partner Layton is, is in a, a developer group with him in slack and and he speaks pretty highly of the guy too so I'm, I'm happy with that but man like just looking at what avada does this is something i've considered for a while like there's way more than just schema markup that that is needed for seo and and i think you can do some cool things uh you know create a sitemap, help with page there's there's some technical stuff you could do i think combining all that i don't know whether this one's good or not i'll take your your judgment on it john but i've i've certainly considered like combining something like this and 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 you know <laughs> trying to find a developer who could, who could create it for me because all this stuff's hand coded on my end and um it gets monotonous store after store after store
1: yeah and uh, i think with that with those seo apps i mean the thing you have to watch out for is i mean like the Avada one provides a range of different functionalities, you know, like it'll do your alt tags, it'll do your meta descriptions. It'll do all this other stuff. I don't use every single thing that app does just to be clear. Like I, I don't use it to replicate alt tags for every product, for example, um, because it just duplicates, you know, if you've got 10, 10 images on a product, they all get the same alt tag. I don't like to do that. I like to have each image has its own alt tag. So, uh, when you get those kind of all-in-one SEO apps, have a really actual hard think about whether you need to use each of the features that that app provides, because they're not always necessarily the best way of doing it. Um, but from that particular app, there's probably, I think, you know, five or six things that it does out of the, the I think more than ten things it does that I would use, but I don't use all of them. Um, uh, so. One. probably one other one that came to mind actually more for the u.s market benny and i'm interested to see if you're still using the same business is uh broad protection mm.
0: Are you still using clear sale yeah so you know i've worked with a few of them in the past i would say clear sale um i got along with best i think uh at one point um one of the old teaching things uh, i was part of we we made a deal with him uh i liked him like they, they never turned down an order unless it was clearly not fraud. It was just, you know, a Karen being a Karen. Um, in, in which case, you know, that's not fraud. That's not what they do. But I really liked clear sale. I liked their rates. I thought they were fair. Uh, right now, I'm actually, that, that that's like next on our to-do list to set up on this store we are building. Uh, and Layton sent me a pretty interesting article on like that Shopify might be doing this or like, I'm not sure if they're beta testing it, uh, but it sounds like something Shopify is trying to bake in currently yep yep the other one i'd
1: the other one i'd get people to look at so a lot of i've I've had a few people actually complaining lately about clear sale um, and about them rejecting orders that are clearly not fraudulent because they've gone and double checked them and all this sort of stuff and and large orders and things like that uh not to mention some of the fees associated with it but uh another one that i've come across a couple of people using lately that uh, I'm going to say this with the caveat that I haven't personally used it, but they say they're having a good experience with is called Ikata, E-K-A-T-A at ekata.com. Um And uh, so that that's another one that might be worth checking out. If you're looking for some reason for an alternative to clear sale, but hey, I mean, if Shopify is going to do it, that would be awesome. That would make life simple. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Yeah. Um,
0: and honestly, like, I don't know, P- we can go through every single one of these tools and of course you want to lower your expenses, but sometimes it's just worth paying it. Like clear sale really removes a lot of headaches. And you know, if I remember correctly, it's been a while, but they, uh, you know, I think they gave myself and and Corey a special deal at like 0.5. And then every other business we referred got like 0.6. If you can't give up, like less than 1% of your margins to like remove all that stress and just not have to worry about it. That's insane to me. There is like a dollar amount you get to where like you can start setting aside that cash and it makes sense to get rid of them. But in the beginning, I think they're a no brainer.
1: Oh yeah, totally. And, and yeah, with, with tools, the cheapest version is not always the best way to go. Uh, I mean, you mentioned that with email marketing is an example, like in my, in my opinion, if you're doing email marketing properly, then, no tools too expensive. Like you're always going to, you're always going to make your money back there, but um, so it's worth it to get something that really works well. Um, sorry. And and the last one that just popped into my mind. and I know, we, I think we have a question on this on uh, an upcoming Q and a episode we're going to do, but uh, another app that probably people are, everyone's using is, is a finance app
0: to provide finance on your site. What, what do you use there? Yeah, uh, we been around, uh, been around a few businesses, uh, working with some other companies. I've been with. Uh, obviously, I've seen Klarna. Uh, I've seen Bread. Uh, I would say Bread seemed to be easier to integrate with. They worked very well with high ticket items. Uh, they seemed to have a higher approval rate uh, for the customers. This is this is like. I love these apps, but I have like my own internal bias here of like, if somebody's coming to buy a $10,000 product from you, like they should have the means to buy a $10,000 product from you. They shouldn't need to go through and essentially apply for a credit card is what they're doing. Right. like, shouldn't they have their own credit card? Like, um, I don't, maybe I'm just confused or maybe I have my, like my own belief system around finances. Like, uh, I was shocked at how well these worked every time I've implemented them on a business, they work, uh, they bring in sales. Uh, some of them are a little, you know, less headache than the other ones, but like I don't know, personally I'm shocked, John. What do you think? Um yeah, I it I I've certainly
1: seen uh, um them work differently in different markets. Like some, like you say, I mean you you've had some some success with them bringing in a lot of orders in, in places you've been in. I've I've been, looked at some spaces and, and used them where barely got any orders from them um you know people as you say would just pay with their own means their own credit card whatever um and nobody really ever ever used them and i kind of took them off the site because the one thing i hate about all of these sort of finance things is they load so much shit on your website on every page most of them like clan is a terrible one for it's so slow you know they load all this java in the background and it's just crap um in in the way that it's the standard sort of install of it so um i like i said we're going to dig into that question i think on on one of our upcoming q a episodes so we might talk a bit more about the uh the thought processes behind it but you know in the u.s i think i i I like bread uh we mentioned that one If, if i had to pick one in australia uh i'd use zip is the one i've used the most often uh zip money uh there's a whole bunch of alternatives out there though right um you know What I wouldn't do and what I see some people do is loading like five of them onto their site. Um, Don't do that.
0: I've never seen that. Why would someone do that?
1: Uh, Well, some people's theory is, and there's a little bit to this theory, but some people will say, well, uh, you know, these days, there's people who like particular options, right? Like some people like to use Afterpay. Some people like to use, you know, um some people like to use zip blah 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 so have accounts with them or whatever Mm. um uh, but once again you know it makes a mess of your site to have all this stuff hanging off it um and yeah for me it goes a bit back to what you say like i don't really want to deal with customers who have to buy everything they buy on credit like on on like finance sorry not credit uh I, i mean even credit that they can't afford a problem ethically for me but um yeah i, I just you know i personally prefer not to have any finance stuff at all on sites to be honest um because i think it just you know just adds an extra layer of of complication to your checkout process um because there's been you know but whatever it's uh we might dive into that in a bit deeper in another episode i think
0: yeah, I think, you know, to your point of having multiple on there, I could see people having accounts, but, you know, are they are they going to go away? Are they going to ask – are they going to, you know, send an email or a chat or contact us and say, hey, do you guys take this? Like, I don't know about having multiple on there, and then oftentimes those companies will tell you – they're going to bring brand discovery to you. And I, I just don't see that to be true, right? Like nobody who has a bread account is going to bread.com or whatever it is. And like looking in the back end of stores they carry and where they can shop because they have the financing. I I, I just don't buy that. No, no. I mean, I, I've seen
1: examples in analytics where you, you've had traffic coming in from some of those sites, um, you know, where they, where you do have a, a link back to your site from, but, you know it's never really resulted in any actual money (laughs) for me um so no i wouldn't worry about that too much but look i think that's it for the shopify backend for me
0: look i'd love to hit like a couple cool ones and we don't need to go too deep into them like one that you and i talk about often um it, it, I affiliate them on my podcast as well. It's Bonjour. Uh, I think it's a no-brainer. It's twenty-five bucks a month. You get to send a video to every single customer who ordered from you and add a personal touch. Um, no-brainer. And I think, uh, John, you feel the same way. I would assume.
1: Yeah, I love Bonjour. It's great. It's such a great little tool. I mean, uh, and and some of my most of my most favorite tools are not ones that are on the Shopify app store or are directly a Shopify thing. And, and this is one of them. Uh, yeah, Create, I mean, I'm really big on. You know, creating as I know you are creating a great experience for your customers, a unique experience for your customers compared to the competition in your market, and doing little things like this, like sending personalized video thank you messages or update. I mean, you can use it for more than just thank you messages. It's it's just a a different way to communicate with your customers or even prospects before um, they're even a customer, if you know, sometimes there might be a reason you might even use it to communicate with them um, if you've got their email address. But um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Now, most e-commerce sites are not doing, using tools like this or doing things like this. So if, you, if you're if you getting in there, you make a regular habit of it, you know, you're going to be setting yourself apart from what other people experience, what, what your customers experience elsewhere. And in
0: my view, that's one of the best things you can do for your business. Uh, the next one that I see uh, there's, there's two of my use for this and this might not be necessarily a high ticket thing but uh, I like them both uh, one's called customer intelligence and the other one's called Caro and it's essentially like identifying influencers who have bought from you um, so that you know you can reach out and build a relationship with them I like both of them they both work really good um, I also use inquire which is a post purchase survey like I, I want to know how people found me and in the the day and age we're in where tracking is is going to become limited i think um i want to know where they're coming from i want to learn more about them i've seen this used in many other ways as well so imagine like you bought from your uh, a shopify store and on the on the thank you page it says hey how did you hear about us or i've seen this used um by first form for them to ask me what is my handle on instagram uh at which time they went and sent me a DM on Instagram, uh, in video form. Uh, when it's a video, you can't preview it. You have to like click it to watch it. Um, where it was the guy holding my box and saying, Hey, here's your order. It just shipped out. Thanks so much for your business. Um, I'd recommend taking this product alongside these other two that you just ordered. Um, but like a really cool way to connect with your customers, if you want to use it that way, but like, there's so many different ways you can use a post-purchase survey. And I think inquire is, uh, uh, one of the options, I think there's plenty of options out there, but inquires the one I use,
1: yeah, yeah, cool, yeah, definitely Caro. I'll second that one. Um, you go to getcaro.com, Caro is C A R R O. I don't know if we're gonna link up all these recommendations we're given here somehow, Benny, but um, <laughs> so people can find them, but getcaro.com, cool one to use. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, okay. so those are good. We've got a few others here that I'll just zip through quickly. So Hotjar, obviously, you want to watch people on your site and see the actions they're taking. You can also do exit polls, uh, live search, uh, Shopify's theme search. Most themes have a really shitty uh, like search function, uh, and so live search. Makes it a whole lot easier. Literally they start typing a letter and it pops out different options for products and collections and pages. And so, uh, I love live search postscript. If you're into SMS marketing, uh, push owl, if you want to do web push notifications, uh, quiz kit is something we're testing right now. I'm not sure which quiz uh, platform you use, but there's many different out there. Um, what else do I got on here like a, a sticky add to cart function, uh, ju- just kind of scrolls with the page and special offers and uh, Zapier, which turns into a mega tool uh, down the road. And uh, there's all kinds of other stuff in here that um, I've certainly tested or are, or am testing currently with my team. And so uh, you can go down a big rabbit hole on apps, John, uh, I'm sure, as I'm sure you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, I use Hotjar as well. Um, uh, quizzes which are something i'm i'm really into at the moment um so i use one uh, either type form type form or the other one i use is uh, is, is quizzer uh, but it's not spelt like quiz uh it's it's spelled qzzr qzzr.com um, but uh yeah quizzes are cool so that's a, that's a really good one that i like a lot uh, another one I use that I like quite a bit is um, called Video Peel. Um, and I use that one to get video reviews from customers. Um, so it's video, P-E-E-E-L.com, Video Peel. Um, the reason I like that one is one, because video reviews are awesome. But for a lot of customers, they're a bit fiddly to leave um, if you are... You know, if you just say hey do you want to leave me a video review and then they've got to work they've got to go and record it and then they've got to work out how to upload it for you and blah 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 video pill makes it really simple because they just they do it all like just by the click of a button kind of thing and it, and then it, it manages the whole process of uploading the video for you and all that sort of stuff um, and if you can get video reviews for your products um, you know it's such an awesome thing um, you need to make that that uh that little process there as frictionless as possible for the customer, because most people, when you, you, you mentioned video, they're going to go, Oh God, that sounds hard. It sounds too much. Um, but, uh, particularly for high ticket stuff. Um, <clears throat> but, um, video peel makes it really easy. Uh, so that's, that's a good one to use as well.
0: Yeah. I've heard a lot about that one. I, I, I want to say I heard it on the Mike dealer podcast a, a long time ago. Um, and it started implementing it with a consulting client, but I never saw it to the end. But it it looked like it was going to be very powerful to bring back user
1: generated content. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Dillard interviewed the founder of that
0: company. I want to say some time ago now. Yeah. Well, outside uh, of, outside what you... of Shopify, what are what are what are some tools that you use, John? Because I, I I could geek out on like SEO tools and different ways that I'm planning out a content strategy. But I'm curious, you know, what am I not thinking of? i don't look i
1: don't i mean you know i don't think there's uh there's there's too many i did think of one inside shopify that we didn't talk about what do you use for upsells how do you how do you present them on your sites
0: yeah just close the window here let me pull it back up uh so we we were going to um work with uh ezra's i think the the key is like what are you using for a payment processor and so uh yep. majority of people i'm assuming are using shopify some people just cannot uh and shopify doesn't let you appeal so uh, uh the one i'm looking at now is using stripe um and so the integration just didn't work out well we ended up going with a candy rack for one click upsells. cells
1: candy rack cool candy I, haven't, rack. I
0: haven't i haven't used that one is that like on the shopify app store or is it that is a great question that would be my business partner layton is the one who installed this so um I'm just looking at it currently. That's what we're testing over there. Um, but I've used uh, I've used Ezra Firestones before as far as like is all things Zipify, right? Uh, one-click upsell and page builder and things like that. Yeah, cool. Well, page builders,
1: that's another one. So you use Zipify pages, right?
0: Yeah, I've seen, I don't know. I like hand coding stuff, John, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, so I haven't seen too. a really good <laughs> drag and drop. Um, Leighton is doing something bananas on our site using advanced custom seal fields currently. Um, and so, or, or like meta field editor, I'm not even sure how he's doing it if I'm honest with you and I'd sound really dumb trying to explain it, but like, it's, it's like sections everywhere. And so kind of like a page builder built into your Shopify. I think Shopify wants to get there too. Um, there's so many options out there. I'm not even sure the right one, like what you want to be able to do is like build it and then import the code into Shopify so that you're not like running Java to pull it from somewhere else or, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've never been a fan of the page builders. I've used them. I've seen them used on businesses I've been part of, um, but I've never been a fan personally.
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan personally either. Not not of the way they currently work. I mean, the Zipify, the, other, the only other one I'd probably recommend if people need to use one or want to use one is PageFly. Um, <clears throat> uh, they have a pretty good support team too at PageFly. Uh, they're quite helpful. Um, but I, I honestly can't believe that Shopify doesn't have a better system for building pages yet. To be honest i mean or or, you know like i mean i'm a guy who's played around a lot with wordpress and i totally i know you hate it ben but i totally get the view that like that's that's the biggest thing with websites on shopify they're just such a pain like to create to create what you want on the page it's it's a bit of a nightmare you have to use a developer other platforms you don't have to um and i i still can't believe that a, a, a business shopify size with their market domination hasn't done something more for people to give them a bit more freedom around building a a site that they want but anyway as you know one of my only pet gripes with shopify my only one
0: (laughs) as you know the bigger the company gets the slower they move right i think uh, shopify got a head start on this and like literally everything they've said is coming is always like moved back and so yeah. they've been talking about sections everywhere for quite some time, and so uh, it will come. When when will it show up? I'm I'm not sure, but uh, you're right. It's it's kind of a pain in the butt. Um, I was coaching someone uh, this week, I think, who mentioned like a, a page that I had referenced, and I was like, hey, you know, let's let's work on a page like this. Um, and they were like, oh, this page is fantastic, and I'm like, yeah, it took me all day to hand code this thing. Like it's it, it's kind of a nightmare, but. Um, you Know if you want functionality and you want visuals, you don't have a lot of choice b- between hand coding or going and finding one of these apps that can help you kind of drag and drop a little more.
1: Yep, well, cool. I think so. I, what, what do you go ahead, John? Yeah, yeah, let's let's uh let's keep moving along here. Um, you mentioned before like research and SEO apps, man. Uh, and uh, well, I don't want to get you stuck in a geek out about that. What's
0: <laughs> Well, just, what, are you,
1: what what tools are you using to help with traffic?
0: Yeah, I'm just such a keyword. Everything I see is through a <laughs> keyword lens, right? And so, like, uh, most of these are free. Uh, like, I don't think you need Ahrefs. I love Ahrefs, um, but I don't think you necessarily need it. You can use, you know, Keyword Planner. Uh, you can start estimating keywords that are around it, um, just using Keyword Planner and like just reading product titles and guessing that way. But like, you can go a step further. Uh, one thing I would tell everyone to download is the Keywords Everywhere Chrome extension. Um, it's free. Uh, it's going to pull in a bunch of like long tails for you and really get your head thinking. Uh, and I, I utilize it in my process for building every single page. Uh, beyond that, uh, a new tool that popped onto my radar the other day that it, it kind of similar, it's called s o o v l e S O O V L E.com really just kind of helps you pull up, um, LSIs. Uh, for a keyword you type in that'll show up from Amazon, Yahoo, eBay, buy.com, Bing, things like that. Um, so that's cool tool. Um, else I use beyond that. Uh, I've been working with my employee on like, uh, once we've discovered the keywords that we want to create content with, how do we write better descriptions? How do we, how do we write more for the person? Um, so one tool we use is like the Hemingway app in order to like bring it down to a fourth grade level, uh, so that the sentences are, are, easier to read, um, been experimenting with copy.ai to kind of spin some things. Like oftentimes you'll get a, you'll get, um, 13 products from one supplier and they literally have the same description for all 13 products. Right. And so we've been looking at copy.ai and a few other spinners online to try to spin the content. Like we'll write it the way we want to get it all, you know, fourth grade level on Hemingway and then go spin it, uh, so that we have essentially the same thing on every page but it's written a little bit differently uh so we have unique content um yeah that's a great one i can't
1: even believe i didn't think of that (laughs) before uh my whole team uses copy.ai uh so i've got like at this point i think eight people writing copy for products on my team uh and i i make them use it right just just for the simple fact that not to do all of their writing. Uh, it doesn't do that. I recommend people go and check it out, copy.ai. Um, but just it speeds up the process. If you've got a lot of descriptions to write, and like you say, oftentimes you're going to have a lot of similar products. If you're trying to think up off the top of your head, the unique words for every product, it can be a real <laughs> like pain in the head, quite literally. Um, it can be a headache. Uh, and And that tool just makes it so easy to... Um, produce unique descriptions quickly you still have to do a bit of writing on top of it of course Um, but uh, it just speeds up the process a lot Um, and so once again doesn't cost that much for the time it saves you um, particularly if you've got a lot of work to do there or if you're working with um, you know freelancers or whatever to do it for you um, it speeds them up so you get more bang for your buck out of them as well, because they're moving more quickly and you're you're paying them the same amount for them to move quickly. Um, you know, that's, that's a great one. I didn't even think of that.
0: Yeah. Everything I do is uh, uh, such a keyword focus lens. So again, just to reiterate, Google, grab keywords everywhere, Chrome extension, uh, add the Grammarly Chrome extension, go sign up for Hemingway and like put in some of your sentences and it'll tell you that, you know, this is very confusing and try to help you with that use copy.ai. Um, for me, again, it's just all keywords, right? And so I don't think you need any paid tools necessarily, but a lot of this stuff can be uh, fun ways for you to find new keywords and, and different ways to, to to write, I guess. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I think you're right. I think for
1: a lot of the more basic keyword stuff, you don't have to use a tool like Ahrefs. Um, you know, these days, I mean, I love Ahrefs, don't get me wrong as well. The only reason I tend to use Ahrefs mostly is when I'm doing backlink building. Um, and once again, that's something you might outsource to a service provider. But if you're doing it yourself, Ahrefs have, has a level of depth around backlink research that other tools don't have. Um, and I have a particular system of doing that. And I think it's it's easier to do it if you use Ahrefs. Uh, like it's a lot quicker, the research to find link opportunities and things like that so um that's 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 one time where i would say you do need to use it for me personally
0: i just think this is such a rabbit hole we could go down (laughs) i mean like i can pull up my chrome extensions on different windows and like you know we use loom and Mozbar and and the facebook pixel helper and the tag assistant and then like um you know, I use LastPass. A lot of people use 1Password. I, I would highly recommend using something like that. So you get organized on your passwords. Like there's just so much, there's so many out there. It's easy to get lost and overwhelmed. And uh, I wouldn't say any of those stand out other than the ones we've mentioned that are like I have to have um, on, on a business. I, I, some of them make things easier, some of them don't. But uh, I think we have genu- generally covered uh, the majority of them, John. I think we have. And I think it's important to close that off with just a reminder for
1: people that, you know, tools and things just sort of grease the wheels a little bit, right? Um, but fundamentally, it tools are not going to be the deciding factor on whether your business is going to be successful or not. Yes, they make life easier and they're cool to talk about, but um, don't get stuck in in the thinking that it's going to be. If if things aren't moving smooth, like going well for you and your business, um, or you're looking for improvements, it's not a tool that's going to do that there's there's like fundamental things in your business that you need to fix that are not tool-based um so i always encourage people like i say you know i got the question the other day what tools do you use to increase your conversion rate and it's like no
0: nah, you're looking to increase your conversion rate that's not the way you're going to do it I, I think the next subject we want to cover is the same way john like some people will be – like, you think, oh, I don't have that tool. If I get this tool, it'll be different. No, it, it won't be, right? It might help, but it's uh, it's not going to be different. A lot of people feel that way about books, um, that, oh, they read this book and, like, it'll have the answer. And, like, it's they're all just, like, puzzle pieces to a grand puzzle that you'll never, ever finish. um they just help like make the the picture clearer so I, like hopefully we don't you know get people lost in these tools and we don't get people lost in these books like uh we, you know we said before the call john like we could probably both recommend 30 40 50 books um and really it's all like 30 or 40 or 50 nuggets that we learned along the way uh and you have to read the whole book to pull just that one nugget out
1: yeah yeah i yeah i mean that's right i mean there's there's a lot to say here i think and I mean, I'm a huge fan of books and all that sort of thing. But uh, the, I think the other, the other th- trick you have to get into, particularly with a lot of books written by modern marketers, uh, not so much some of the older books written by older marketers, you know, but the modern ones, a lot of books out there are written solely as a marketing tool, not necessarily written to deliver you the most value or to tell you exactly the way things are they're a lead generation tool for a lot of marketers and that's why they're written in the first place. Um, And so from some of the uh, modern marketers that you see a lot on Facebook and whatnot that have written books, you know, I'm actually fairly dubious about whether they're actually worthwhile books to read. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to put that out there. So once, and what I'm saying there is I agree with you. Like a lot of people think they're going to get all this amazing stuff out of books. And there's a lot of people out there who are like, Oh, the average CEO, they, they breathlessly say, the average CEO reads one book a week. You got to do the same. It's nonsense. You don't, right? There's like, books are great. Yeah, if you've got time for it, fantastic. But don't like, you know, fall down at the altar of reading books all the time. Once again, that's not going to be what builds you a successful business.
0: I think with, with these particular books that I want to me- mention personally, uh, like they've had a a profound effect on me. And I know other people who have read the same book who don't get it. And so like, you know, take these with a grain of salt that like uh, these had a profound effect on me in my life and my business. They hit me at the right time. And the universe tends to do that is present you with the right things at the right time. And so some of these may not be for you, but, um, you know, I, I wrote down nine, John, that I think, um, have affected me and I would definitely like hand them out to people. Yeah, totally. Totally, yeah, yeah. No, look, I've I've definitely
1: got some, and I think that's where we should focus. I mean, I've read a, a lot of books over the years, and um, I was I was actually sitting here because I at the moment I'm just in the I'm just in the middle of moving house, so all of my books are in boxes, um, and so usually what I do when people goes, hey, what's a great book to read? I'll go and look at my bookshelf, um, you know, because all the books are there, and I can just it'll it'll jog my memory of books I've read, but. I couldn't do that for this episode. So I kind of had to just fall back on what are the books I actually remember reading, you know, the most um, in, in this sort of space. And that was actually a fun thing to do because I can't even remember about three quarters of the books I know are in the boxes that I've packed up. But there's, there's a few that I definitely remember that have stuck out to me. And I think that's because obviously at whatever point I read them in my journey, they had the highest impact on either what i now do in my business or you know for myself as a as a a, you know as a a business person and and whatever so yeah i'm the same i've got a a short list of ones that have really stood out for me in the last probably five years i
0: i have the benefit of turning around and seeing all of them behind me and that didn't help John. i was just a lot of them i haven't even read i just i have them like with intent to read them um i'm terrible at reading books i i I could listen to podcasts and audiobooks all day long uh more more podcasts than audiobooks but like when i actually need to sit down and read a book it's it's difficult for me yeah
1: totally totally well
0: i'll start john uh number one easy easy one for me uh I, I think I talked about it on a recent podcast, uh, Vivid Vision. Uh, one of my favorite books of all yep. time. I hand it out to every consulting client I have. Basically, it helps you outline your three-year vision for your company or your life or your relationships or however you want to apply it. Fantastic, very short, 130-page book that I think everyone listening to this, if you haven't read it, go go buy it and, and read it and implement it. Yep, and
1: that's by Cameron Herold. We should put the author in there so people can find it. Vivid Vision, Cameron Herald. That's
0: also on my list, man. Good one. Well, then you're, you're luck out of number two. Number two, I'll jump right in. I bet, I, I bet a few of these are on your list, John. Uh, number two for me is Traction. Uh, fantastic book on how to organize your business for growth uh, and really focus on the right levers to pull in your business. Uh, again, a, a book I would recommend every business owner like put on their list to read, it, it, for sure. Traction. Uh, I believe that's by Mark C. Winters and, and another gentleman as well, uh, Gino Wickman.
1: Yeah, Gina Wickman, that's it. Yes, also on my list, Tractions, nice. good book. Nice. Um, I, I, I once again, um, once again, uh, sparking my mind. ahead to an episode we're going to record soon with a Q and A. Somebody asked me, somebody asked the question, sort of, what's the difference between a, a seven and an eight-figure a year business, or a six, or how do you go from six figures a year to seven figures a year, or something like that? And, you know, the answer to that, obviously, we'll go in, in a lot deeper. But for me, part of the answer to that is lies it's not actually in, in the marketing necessarily or anything like that. It's actually in, in planning and systems and things like that. And, um, you know, traction's a book that'll help you get some of that stuff in place um, in a way that works really well. So definitely worth reading. If your business is you know, you've got your business up and running and you're just feeling like you're, you're a bit directionless and you're not sure where to go next. And, you know, you feel like you need more structure behind some of your thinking and what you're doing, I think. Traction is a
0: great book to read if you're in that scenario. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Number three goes right into that same thing. It's called Rocket Fuel. Uh, it's by Mark C. Winters, right in that family line of, of Traction books. Rocket Fuel uh, outlines the visionary and integrator relationship and how you are likely only one of those two. Uh, and, and when you can find your other half, whether you are an integrator who likes to get shit done or whether you're a visionary who spends most of their day in their head. Outlining like where to go and, and dreaming of a vision for the brand. Uh, when you pair yourself with the other one, um, it's like rocket fuel and your business explodes. And so I, w- I would recommend that book. it's Again, it's a short one. Uh, and also go to markcwinters.com and go take his test. Find out whether you are a visionary or an integrator. And I think that'll help you figure out who you need to bring into your business to help you grow. Yeah, cool. I haven't read that one yet. I've heard of it. Haven't it's read a it. good one all right yeah. if you didn't have that one let's, let's i didn't i here. didn't have that one
1: <laughs> uh look i love my list at the moment uh it looks it's it's i i, I love um in terms of things that had like i'm a guy who loves marketing uh, as you know an and e-commerce marketing and so a lot of the books that had the biggest impact on me are actually marketing books written by old marketers right i, I get the most value out of these books. A lot of the newer books by newer marketers, they're basically just rehashing the stuff that dudes wrote, you know, 50, 60 years ago, if I'm honest. You know, the, the books you see dudes pushing on like Facebook, like oh, you know, read my, you know, free plus shipping book or whatever. So number one on my list um, is Breakthrough Advertising by Eugene Schwartz. Uh, I know you've you've got
0: that one. I love that book, man. Like, I, I have it. I have, I have yet so to bad. read it. It has been next up for some. You somewhere. haven't read it. I have not ah, read it. It's been dude. next up for some time now, and I know it's like a legendary <laughs> marketing book. Um you yeah. might convince me to take it on my plane this Sunday and, and take a read. Ah, dude, you gotta you gotta read it. I mean, you're gonna, for me, I, I read through
1: that and it was just like like yes. I like I mean, I can't remember when it was written. It was a long time ago, right? Um, so this is a lot of these books that I talk about, they're pre pre-internet marketing books written by pre-internet marketers. But when you read it having lived in internet marketing and that's kind of where you came to marketing in the, in the sort of digital marketing, which me and pretty much anyone who's listening to this will have. Um, you read these guys and it's kind of like, aha, that's why we do things the way we do them sort of thing. And like, it, it's it, it's a really amazing experience to realize that all of the marketing, like when it comes to writing copy and, and persuasion and how to get people to buy shit, it actually hasn't changed. Even though now we've got all this technology and tools and things that we use, it's actually all the same stuff that these dudes wrote like 50, 60, 70 years ago that they were using to sell stuff in newspapers, in direct mail, via fax. Like nothing has changed. Being or connecting with another human being, convincing them and persuading them to buy something from you um and uh that's definitely go out buy it it's it's not the easiest book to buy it's not a cheap one i think they sell for about 180 bucks something like that um us
0: but uh well worth it you know i bought that and i immediately saw the arbitrage right like they're hard to find i have no idea why uh, Brian Kurtz makes these so hard to find. Uh, he's the one who, you know, has taken over like the estate and, and is selling them. And then if you go see them on eBay or anywhere else, they're like four times as much. Right. And so, um, you know, I bought one, saw the arbitrage, uh, bought a couple for, uh, some team members. And then I was like, uh, I'll, you know, how many can I buy of this? And he was like, if you're looking to arbitrage them, you can't buy them. And I went, oh, okay. Well, cause like I saw the opportunity, right? Like the, the I want to say the three, $400 on eBay. And so um yeah it's been next on my list for a while john i'm glad you mentioned it i literally just pulled it out to, to look at the date for you too 1966 this was written uh and so yeah, yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna set this one aside and i'll take it with me on my trip uh this weekend and see if i can get some some reading in because it's been it's been mentioned so many times by so many people that i can't believe i haven't dove in yet
1: yeah dive in and i'll throw another one in there along the same lines by another uh, you know legend of marketing and advertising um ogle v on advertising um by david ogilvy another one that's just like uh chock full of you know great stuff uh, and and it's just like the foundation stuff for marketing so you know we, we come in in the digital space we come a lot to thinking about oh how do we like and particularly when you come into high ticket drop shipping you probably don't have a background in marketing And you get very focused on like how how to like building the websites and doing all this sort of stuff. But what most of us didn't learn was actually how to how to how to sell stuff to another human being. And for me, that's when people get stuck a lot in the in the thinking of what tools do I need to improve my business or whatever. It's because they haven't actually learned how to actually sell something to another human being. And if you don't know how to do that, um, then You're, I mean, you're never going to reach your full potential because you're putting stuff on a page that doesn't sell, you know? And so just because you're doing things online doesn't mean you don't need to know how to sell something like you would if you were face-to-face with somebody or if you were using using another medium. It's all the same. And so reading these older marketing books for me is literally, um, you know, one of the best ways and most cost-effective ways as well to learn sort of the art and the science of selling stuff via marketing and advertising.
0: Yeah, so that one's on my list too, John. It's uh, I just looked it up to see when I purchased it. I purchased it last May, so a year ago, um, and it's been right behind Breakthrough Advertising. I told you I struggle reading books. Uh, another cool one, right down that vein, John, Bill Bernbach, Bill Birnbach's book is what it's called. Uh, just like all kinds of representations of ads that some of these legends uh, have written. Uh, Those are all Bill Burnbox And um, I don't know, I geek out about the old stuff too, just like looking at the ads and understanding the hooks they use and like how they're talking to the person and not like, like if you go, I'm challenging all of you who listen to this, go to your store right now, go look at your product pages. Is it like brand feature, brand feature, does this feature? It's like most descriptions are terrible. Uh, And so like, it's a huge, huge win for you to learn how to market and learn how to present an offer and learn how to talk to the person behind the screen and not just like say feature, 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 like uh, really discuss their their before state and their objections and how you're going to take them to the after state and what the after state looks like. And um, yeah, these old books are our are, are, are goal. Uh, I'm pumped to dive into this one, John.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And look, I mean, I've got a huge list of these old books. I, I really love them. Uh, but th- those are two... That really jumped out at me when i thought about thought about them um one more third one that that really jumped out for me when i read it i was just like oh yeah and i read it a while ago now um is uh the 2022 immutable laws of marketing um by al rears and jack trout um once again it's a really short book uh it's a small book um and you know it's just bang on the money. Like they basically just go through 22, 22 elements of your marketing that you've got to have there. So things like risk reversal and stuff like this. And if you don't have them, your marketing will suffer. And I, I 100% stand behind that. I think they, they got it in such an easy to digest way. And there's some things in there that I see most high ticket dropshippers missing. Right. And if you if you put them, add them into your marketing, you'll sell more stuff frankly. So um, that's another one. Uh, I read that years ago and, and straight away, I did some things. It changed, changed the way that I did Um, communicated with customers um, presented, you know, presented products on a page. Um, uh, So check that one out as well,
0: for sure. Well, I just threw it in my cart, uh, right down that marketing line. Uh, I would say contagious by Jonah Berger. Uh, it's all about word of mouth is literally the number one marketing channel in the world. And he talks about the triggers, which cause word of mouth marketing, which is social currency, uh, triggers, emotion, public practical value stories, things like that. Contagious by Jonah Berger. Very, very, very good book.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's a good one. I agree. Yep. Nice. Nice.
0: Cool. Cool. What else you got? Uh, all right. I've got like five more. I know we're, uh, we're already hitting the hour mark here, I think. So atomic habits by James clear, like building better habits and, and, and stacking them and, um, putting, yeah, just go read atomic habits. It's going to, it's going to help you in your self-development journey, right down that same self-development, the slight edge, uh, short, fantastic book. That's really just making one point over and over and over again. Uh, but it's a great book. Uh, another one that's like not business related, uh, but kind of is, is man up by Bedros Cooley. if you need a real kick in the ass, go read man up by Bedros Cooley. Uh, and then more on the, back on the marketing side, um, Cameron Harold wrote the, uh, vivid vision. Um, he also wrote a much, much bigger book, uh, which has most of vivid vision in the beginning of it. It's called double, double um it, it is a very long book uh, i listened to it on 3.5x and it took almost my whole drive home from colorado to wisconsin one time uh fantastic though made the drive go by uh really uh fast and and my brain just got lost in marketing and uh, i don't know who was driving that day but somebody was it was fantastic and then the other one i would say is building a story brand by uh donald miller fantastic book um that i, I you know what i don't even want to like put a teaser on there just go read building a story brand by donald miller it's fantastic yeah
1: cool nice nice i'll chuck two more in there um just because i can uh one along marketing lines once again a bit of an old not super old but an older book uh purple cow by seth godin uh once again another legendary sort of marketer um it's it's a book that's all about being unique uh, and how being unique in your market is like some it's something you must be able to do to have long-term success Um, it's once again only a tiny little book Um, but uh, just for me when I read that once again it was one of those books that I read that and kind of changed the way I thought about things and also uh, at the time when it came to high ticket drop shipping made me realize that a lot of what some other people gurus in that space were talking about was actually bullshit Um, and they were on the wrong track which made me go down a different track. Um, And then more in the sort of not so much marketing or business related, but more in in the personal side of things, Um, you know, uh, a book that I read recently that I thought was awesome about, you know, if you you struggle with your own uh, stories that you tell yourself in your head um, and and you want to make some changes there, um, there's a book called Unfuck Yourself, um, which is a great title, I think, uh, by a guy called Gary John Bishop. I recommend checking that out um,
0: if, you wanted, if you want to get a, a bit on the personal, personal work side. Thanks for listening to the Dropship Podcast. You can find all the show notes for this episode at dropshippodcast.com. And if you're ready to take the next step in your dropshipping journey, we invite you to join us inside Dropship Breakthrough, where John and I will walk you through step by step in starting your own high-ticket dropshipping e-commerce business. But that's not all. Dropship Breakthrough will also teach you everything you'll need to know to grow your business and take it to the next level. So head over to dropshipbreakthrough.com and sign up for our free training that will help you take the first steps towards building and growing your own profitable high ticket dropshipping business.